Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Switchcraft is brought to you live three days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Dennis Schnabel. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp and get access to an extra podcast exclusive to patrons. Again, that URL is patreon.com slash run jump stomp in my house the day after thanksgiving is the day that the christmas season officially begins uh my wife and i lift the ban on christmas music we start playing it throughout the house all the time we uh start decorating and we're very excited for the holiday season and the reason i'm bringing that up is because i know that there's a lot of you out there who are buying gifts for your loved ones and if you want to support the show at absolutely no cost to you all you have to do is do your shopping on amazon if you buy stuff on amazon and you use my link which you can find over at runjumpstomp.com slash thank you every single time you buy something from amazon I get a small percentage of that. It doesn't raise your price at all. You get the same benefits. And if you don't subscribe to Amazon Prime, well, I've got a deal for you. You can subscribe to Amazon Prime for free for 30 days. That's perfect for the Christmas season. Uh, just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Amazon Prime and sign up today. You get free shipping, free TV, free uh, music, and best of all, you get Twitch Prime as well. So again, you can buy things using my link at runjumpstomp.com slash thank you, and you can sign up for Amazon Prime if you don't already have it at runjumpstomp.com slash Amazon Prime. When Nintendo first announced uh, Mario Tennis Aces, I was really excited for it, and the lead up to the actual release date Again, I was really excited for. And then the game came out, and I played it, and I had a lot of fun with it. But I haven't really touched it. The game seems to suffer from not much of a shelf life. Uh, I, I haven't played it in a while. I don't know how active the community is. I don't know how hard it is to get a game. But when I was playing, the matchmaking was ridiculous. I would constantly be matched up against people who were incredibly better than me and that was really frustrating and then you know sometimes I might be up against somebody who you know we were at kind of at par but they would have a bad internet connection and those two things together made me just kind of set the game down and and not go back to it plus of course I'm distracted by all of the shiny things Um, it's not really Nintendo's fault that I'm not playing it though because they keep adding more content to the game. They keep adding uh, new characters. And these are three new characters were announced, I believe, today that I really didn't know anything about. Like, I didn't know that these characters were coming. 
Those characters are Luma, Boom Boom, um, and uh, oh, Pauline. So if you're like, if you're wondering who those characters are, um, Luma is the star that hangs out with Rosalina. Uh, so basically, she will have these stars flying around her uh, in Super Mario Galaxy, uh, and this is on the Nintendo Japan uh, YouTube account. Uh, then there's Boom Boom, who is a character from Super Mario Brothers 3, I believe, one of the Koopa kids. And then, of course, uh, we've got Pauline, which is really nice to see Pauline back in the limelight, back in in the front. Because a lot of us were like, wow, Nintendo kind of forgot about this character. And then um, we we finally saw her show up again in um, in Super Mario Odyssey. And we're like, well, what are they going to do with her? Well, I expected that we would probably have some Mario Kart uh, DLC with that character, and we didn't. Um, but it looks like she's been playing tennis instead of driving cars, and that's cool. I like to see her uh, again. I, I like the the ranks of the Mario franchise to bolster and get bigger and expand on that stuff. And I think Mario Tennis Aces is a good game. I just can't be bothered to play it right now. Of course, I'm also extremely distracted playing lots and lots and lots of Pokemon uh, Let's Go Pikachu right now. Uh, so, you know, who knows if uh, if we're going to keep getting more uh, DLC characters from, from Nintendo for uh, Mario Tennis Aces. I think that it's certainly a good thing that they're continuing to support this game even though I think a majority of the people have moved on to other stuff, uh, the characters come out. I, I it was in on the Japanese YouTube site, so it's one of two things. Uh, it's either uh, January third of next year or March first of next year, and I'm not quite sure because of the order in which they put the dates down is different than they do in America. And it was a little confusing to me. So I'm not sure which of those dates will wait for an official announcement from Nintendo of America on that. So are you guys excited for that? If so, let me know. The Atari 2600. Now get up to $30 in rebate offers plus a free Pac-Man. Okay, we've got a pair of Zelda stories. We're going to start with uh, the editor of Game Informer. Uh, they say, and I'm, I, I'm hopeful about this, but they say that the next Zelda game will probably be here sooner than we think. Uh, they were talking to... Um, they were they were on the Game Informer podcast, and uh, Imran Khan uh, said this. They said, I was thinking what I should say about that. The next Zelda will probably be sooner than we think. I will talk to you guys off-camera about stuff. I love that stuff, you know, that, that ever-so... Um, intangible stuff. Here's my question. What kind of Zelda game do you think we're going to be getting? Uh, because we have a lot of different styles that we could go in. We could go with a uh, 3D Zelda, kind of like uh, Breath of the Wild, where uh, Nintendo's done this before. You look back at the uh, N64 and what some say is the greatest game of all time, Ocarina of Time, uh, came out and Nintendo wanted to turn around real quick and put out a, a sequel to that. So they did Majora's Mask using that same engine. 
And while it didn't happen as fast as Nintendo wanted, it did happen faster than most uh, development times for Zelda games. Um, most people would say that that was a really successful move, and a lot of people would say that they would love to see more in that Breath of the Wild engine, something else for us to explore, some other land for Link to go to. And I'm I'm with you on that. I think that that would be fantastic. Another direction that they could go is they could go in the direction of a 3D Zelda, or I'm sorry, a 2D Zelda game, kind of like a top-down game. These are the games that we've seen a lot on the DS. Uh, we had um, A Link Between Worlds, where Link could uh, become a two-dimensional painting on a wall and and use that to solve puzzles. That was a fantastic game on the 3DS. It was really more of an open-world game than a lot of the other Zeldas up to that point because you could go wherever you wanted at any time and uh, end up renting the items that, um, like there was a guy who took over your house and you would go to your house and you would rent um, like the hookshot from him and then you would go to the hookshot dungeon and be able to complete that. And that allowed the the player to decide, well, I want to start over here and then I'm going to do this dungeon next and that one after that and so on. I thought that was really fun and compelling. It was a really good game. Had a lot of really good puzzles in the 3D. Uh, the 3D in that game was really fantastic. Now, I think that this is much more likely the move. Oh, actually, I almost forgot. We could also see something like a multiplayer Zelda. We've seen things like um, uh, Zelda Four Swords. We've seen um, Triforce Heroes, which had a three-player co-op. Now, that has not worked so well in the past. Uh, Zelda Four Swords worked fine, but that meant everybody had to be in the same room. Uh, Triforce Heroes didn't work nearly as well uh, over the internet, and that's because the, the 3DS is, of course, a system that has no way to connect to wired um, internet. And every time that I played it, I ran into issues where... Uh, I'd be waiting for somebody's internet to catch up, and it ended up just being kind of a chore to play that game. Uh, it worked really well when it was me and my wife and my son all sitting together in one room. That worked really well, but playing the game over the internet wasn't so great, and that's because Nintendo is famously bad at netcode, I think. Um, so there's our three options. We've got our, our traditional 3D Zelda, our traditional 2D Zelda, and then a multiplayer option. And which of those things do we think that we'll end up seeing? That's really the question. I think, here's my prediction, if if we, if we this the guy at Game Informer is uh, on the up and up here, and if he is uh, correct, then I think that we will be seeing a 2D traditional Zelda, top-down style, where you are uh, maybe... Uh, doing like maybe a callback to the Super Nintendo days like we have had in the past, that kind of thing, that kind of art style. I think that that would work very well on the, on the Switch. The, the battery life for that would be really, really long. Like you'd pr you could probably play a game like that for five to eight hours because it, it wouldn't soak up that battery quite so much like Breath of the Wild did. And it would also serve as a really good palate cleanser because if a 3D Zelda 
comes out right on the heels of Breath of the Wild, then it's going to have an, a huge issue. That issue is perception. It, people are going to look at that, and the, if the game is not better than Breath of the Wild, and that's really hard to do, but if the game's not better than Breath of the Wild, then everybody's going to write it off as terrible. And that's not fair, but that's just the way that the internet is. People expect you to do better every single time. So I think having a 2D Zelda as a palate cleanser between 3D Zeldas is a really good idea if for no other reason than people won't be comparing it to the last Zelda. It, it, it'll be very different. And um, I think that I, it's something I would get pretty excited about. I've always been a huge fan of the of the 2D Zelda games. And I I really hope that, and here's something that we could get. Maybe it's a remake. Maybe we could get a remake of the um, Link's Awakening, which was a, a, a Game Boy game. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who've never played it, myself included. I would love to see a remake of, of one of those Zeldas that I've never touched, uh, just because I didn't have a Game Boy at the time. So uh, that's our first story. And then the second one I'm going to go much shorter on, our, our second um, Zelda story. And that is Mr. E.G. Onuma. Uh, he was the um, producer. Yeah, he was the producer of Breath of the Wild. And he's been working on Zelda games for a very, very long time. This comes to us via Nintendo Insider. Uh, but he has said basically this. Breath of the Wild will never be placed in the timeline. Uh, what am I talking about the timeline? Well, internet nerds, like myself, kind of took all of the different Zelda games, which are unrelated, and tried to build a timeline out of those. And I think that, I think what Nintendo did is they didn't really worry about the overarching story of the Zelda series. They just worried about what are we going to do in this in this version of Zelda? And then they looked at what people had come up with and they said, oh, that's kind of cool. Why don't we just go with that? The internet will be like, we did it, Reddit. And then everybody will be happy. And then Breath of the Wild comes out. And it opens up even in the preview with 100 years ago. So everybody's like, well, when does this take place? Does this take place before everything else? Or does it take place after everything else? Is this a third timeline? And here's the, the hard and fast truth here, people. I don't think Nintendo cares. I don't think that Nintendo cares where in the timeline Zelda games take place. Because... Nintendo has always just been about two things, fun and gameplay. They've never really been good at compelling storylines. Uh, now, that's not to say that there aren't Nintendo games that don't have good storylines, but that's not their milieu. That's not where they, that's not their forte. That's not where their bread is buttered. Their bread is buttered on awesome gameplay and great mechanics. And that's what Nintendo does really, really well. So the fact that Mr. Onuma says that we're not going to put this in the timeline, it makes a lot of sense to me because that feels like wasted, wasted brain power. Uh, here's exactly what he said. He said, the final thing 
I'd like to convey to all of our players is that video games, not just Zelda, can go much, much farther. We get a lot of responses from adult players who, saw, who say that they felt the same way playing this game as they did when they used to, be, used to be hooked on the video games when they were younger. We made this game with the intention of re- returning to our roots. So the response from players about them feeling the way they had when they were young is promising. Um, here we go. In books like the recently released Legend of Zelda Encyclopedia, we revealed where each Zelda game fell on a timeline and how their stories related. They stole it from the internet, and I'm okay with that. But we didn't do that for Breath of the Wild. There is a reason for that. With this game, we saw just how many players were playing in their own way and had those reactions I mentioned. We realized that people were enjoying imagining the story that emerged from the fragmental imagery that we were providing. If we defined a restricted timeline, then there would be a definitive story and it would eliminate the room for imagination, which wouldn't be as fun. He finally goes on to say at the end, we want players to be able to continue having fun imagining this world even after they are finished with the game. So this time, we decided that we would avoid making clarifications. I hope that everyone can find their own answer in their own way. And I think that's a wonderful answer. And and more to the point, for me, when I played, like I was talking to somebody a while back about Zelda and uh, they were like, well, don't don't spoil anything. And I was like, well, don't don't worry about that because the game has no story. And I know that there's people who will say, well, Bill, you're full of crap. The game has a great story. And okay, that's fine. But I think that the game has a different story for every player. Because when you talk about the story of Breath of the Wild, what you're really talking about is the memories that we see throughout the game. But when I talk about the story of Breath of the Wild, I talk about that time that I uh, found some arrows and then shot them through the fire at the bombs in the Bokoblin uh Bokoblin camp and blew them up just as a Lionel saw me and charged in to uh, beat me about the head and shoulders with his giant mace. Um, You know, that's the story of the game that I felt. It's not a story of Link. It's my story that I experienced or that time when I killed like six Lizalfos only to have a blood moon trigger right then. To, to resurrect them all, and I had to fight them all over again. Uh, those are these moments that I experienced in the game, and that's my story for Zelda. And it makes perfect sense with what Mr. Aonuma is saying here. And I'm curious as to how you guys feel about that. Do you think that uh, he is, that, that I'm right, that we shouldn't bother with the overall chronology of the Zelda franchise? Or should it be something that we pay more attention to? Let me know what you guys think. Nintendo laid out this goal. Well, actually, it was Mr. Kimishima laid out this goal of selling 20 million consoles in this fiscal year, which is a pretty lofty goal. And up until recently, it didn't look like Nintendo was on track to hit that goal. Uh, I've talked about this on previous episodes. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty numbers again. You can go back and check out that stuff on your own. But Mr. Kimishima had said that they were going to sell 20 million consoles in this fiscal year. That means 
starting from April 2018 up until March 2019. So that's the Nintendo fiscal year. And 20 million consoles is a lot. Now, like I said, they weren't really getting up there. And I had spoken with some doubt in the past as to whether or not they could actually hit that mark. Well, it seems like uh, the the numbers are picking up. Now, this isn't a huge surprise as we are coming up on the holiday season and a lot of people are going to be making a lot of purchases for gifts around this time of year. That's why game consoles usually tend to launch around this time frame. Uh, so what is it that's driving this? Well, it's it's two things. And we're going to talk about the first one. Pokemon Let's Go, which is a game that I'll tell you right now, I completely wrote off. I was I had looked at, at what Nintendo had shown so far, and I was like, meh, I'm not too excited about that. Of course, Nintendo didn't do a good job showing me why I wanted this game. Uh, because it was always like at the tail end of some Smash announcement. Smash is this juggernaut that they're talking about. And I'm starting to understand their reasoning here. I feel like Nintendo felt that Pokemon Let's Go was going to sell itself because it's such a huge brand. It They don't need to do much with that. And so they were putting all of this emphasis on Smash. They were going after the quote-unquote hardcore gamer, which is something that Nintendo has uh, been accused of ignoring in the past. So they were really going after selling that hardcore gamer uh, on Super Smash Brothers, And they just kind of would mention Pokemon Let's Go here and there. And what they showed didn't look particularly compelling to me. Uh, and if you listen to my podcast, you know that I've completely turned around and I love Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I've already got probably 15 hours in the game and I've only had it for this week. Uh, I didn't buy it on launch day. I picked it up a couple days afterwards because I was watching people stream it and I was like, okay, yep, I got to pick this up. It's too good. Well, I'm not the only one. Pokemon Let's Go has sold 3 million copies in the first week. This is now the fastest selling game on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, this comes to us via Nintendo Life. Uh, basically, there's a tweet in Japanese that I can't read, but basically they're saying that 3 million units of Pokemon Let's Go have sold, and that is, that's a lot. That is the fastest selling console game on the Switch so far. Does that mean that it's going to stay that that course? I don't know. Because if we look at what um, Nintendo Versus just tweeted, here's the, here's the second part of this news. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is punching its way into the record books. Thank you to all the amazing fans for your support in making this fight for the ages. Be sure to have your Nintendo Switch ready to experience the action when the game launches on December 7th. It is, this is the uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is now the fastest pre-selling game of all time uh, for the Nintendo Switch. And it's also the fastest selling, or fastest pre-selling, gotta have that pre in there, uh, fastest pre-selling game in franchise history. So even, you know, everybody looks at Smash in the past and they, you know, they are huge fans of it. But this one 
seems to have really caught fire. Uh, I think that Nintendo's marketing for Smash has been really on point. They've nailed it. I love how smart they were, and I guarantee that this was on purpose. That video that they showed all of the characters like fighting each other, and then there was no music to it, they knew what people were going to do. They knew that people were going to add music to it and market it for them, and it's been working. The fastest pre-selling game on the Switch, that means it sold more before the game launched than Pokemon Let's Go, which just sold 3 million copies in its first week. So, what are we going to see from Smash? How long is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, how long do we think that it's going to be able to hold on to that uh, record? My guess is maybe not for long, but at the end of the day, my doubts for how Nintendo was going to do selling those 20 million consoles in this fiscal year, my doubts are quickly evaporating. Uh, they still got a lot of work to do, but they've got until March, and I think it might be a possibility. Do you? Yeah. I've got one story I want to add in here at the very end. I'm not going to talk much about it. There is now an 8-bit Mario costume uh, in Nintendo, Nintendo, in Super Mario Odyssey, uh, as well as a Santa outfit for Mario. I love that Nintendo is continuing to uh, give new mar new outfits for uh, the players to unlock using the coins. And um, I think that that's really good. But again, I just want them to give us some real DSC, DL DLC for Super Mario Odyssey. Um, I am... I, I, I think that these are cool outfits. But I have yet to put the game back in to try and go after one of these outfits since the uh, balloon trip thing, which I thought was really cool, where you had to go and look for the, the balloons that other people hid. I had a lot of fun with that. But again, I just want a new world. That game was so great, and I just want them to bring uh, new worlds. And there's there's a chance that we'll get new worlds with Mr. Um, uh, Furukawa. Uh, he has said that they want uh, more DLC in their mainline titles to extend the lifetime of those. So it's a possibility. I hope, I really hope we do, uh, but we're certainly not getting it this year. But anyway, go and get your Santa costume and your 8-bit um, blocky thing. It looks like the, the Super Mario 8-bit Amiibo, which looks fantastic. I, I actually might log in just so I can find out what this looks like when it's in motion because it's so cool looking in this picture. Anyway, are you guys excited about this, or do you wish that we were just getting um, more worlds instead of more costumes? Let me know. Mario is an Italian plumber who, under your control, enters the Mushroom Kingdom to fight off killer turtles and deadly ducks until he can rescue the Princess Toadstool. That's it for today's episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Make sure you check out the music on this episode over at runjumpstomp.com music. Don't forget that if you want the full show, you can either come watch live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, or you can check out my videos on youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Finally, if you're looking to support my content, again, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All of the links there help me create more content. Big thank yous to everyone who has already supported. I really appreciate it. You're all awesome. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>